don't personify your software. It's just software. Welcome to another year of Let's Rewatch, the show where we like to watch movies we loved in our youth and see if they're actually still any good. I'm still Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. I'm Ash. Am I still in this? And that's Bryce. And this time around, we're joined by a guest, John Myers. Thanks for joining us, John. Yeah, thanks for having me. So John is a sketch, or not, I'm sorry, improv comedian. That's that's right, isn't it? Sketch. Sketch. Oh, yeah. So I was right the first time. And I've never taken an improv class. <laughs> okay. Sketch comedian um, in LA with a group called Charming Cheetah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you, you guys do regular shows in LA? We have kind of postponed the stage thing until we have a pretty good YouTube presence, but I think this year oh. might be the year that we kind of try to do some live shows now that we've got sort of a library established. Okay, so you're a, you're a pre-recorded sketch show. Yeah, it's it's been all on YouTube so far. Okay. They're Would, like us. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> Which you could find, I assume there's a Charming Cheetah YouTube channel. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. And you should check out the the newscaster one is my favorite one. It's, it's so, so good. funny. Oh, cool. <laughs> Glad to hear that. And so, John, you also have a, a pretty good uh, filmmaking mind. You're a, a set designer for the stop motion animation company, uh, Stupid Buddy. Yeah, that's right. Um, who, of course, we know from uh, Robot Chicken. Robot Chicken. <laughs> Your brain just I, I skipped a groove there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's sort of their like, uh, you know, main show, and then they're growing, which is interesting because it's one of the first times I got with a studio, and they said, "Oh, we're actually growing." Um, so they had two new shows that were shot recently. Uh, one was called Buddy Thunderstruck, which is an all ages show, which I kind of describe as like a NASCAR version of Fantastic Mr. Fox. And then the okay. second show is we are finishing up the second season of Super Mansion, which is actually a Brian Cranston show. And that's kind of a send up of like the Avengers or superheroes in general. Okay. Where can we see that one? That's going to be on Crackle, which is sort of like Sony's Netflix. Um, yeah. And that's yeah. where the second season's going to be. But we did just get syndicated onto Cartoon Network's Adult Swim for the first season. Woo. So we'll eventually oh, cool. be on Adult Swim. Cool. So a, a form of filmmaking, which I assume takes a whole lot of patience. Oh, yeah. Stop motion animation. <laughs> and Brett and Sam, you've done a bunch of work in stop motion too, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. you know John from. Surprisingly, no. No. <laughs> I, but when we first met you, you weren't really in stop motion. No, yet. this is sort of a new thing for me, actually. I've, I've kind of gone all over, you know, film, television, commercial, whatever. Um, and I've been in this world now for like eight months, I think. And I like it enough oh, wow. that I think I'm just going to stick with it. But I, It's so yeah. much fun. It's, it's like great. a bunch of big kids. Stop yeah. motion is just people playing with toys all day. It's like uber <laughs> arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it seems crazy fun. I'd love to get involved with that. So uh, the movie we're watching, unfortunately, has nothing to do with stop motion animation. Yeah. <laughs> Yay. Um, but I guess it has to do with animation of inanimate objects. Uh, we're trying to ride the wave of Westworld mania. So this time we're going to be watching the 1973 film Westworld, the the original Michael Crichton movie. You couldn't think up a non-surfing metaphor for Westworld? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know I was trying to avoid that. We're we're riding the uh the the horse of mania of Westworld. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. 
like the shootout at the OK Corral, everybody's crazy about this show. I don't know. <laughs> I don't have any metaphors for Except cowboys. Except for you. You're the one person who's not crazy about it. Yeah, I've I'm I'm the one with opinions on Westworld the TV show. Um I don't know. I don't know what order should we tackle this because I think I we're going to talk about the TV show as much as the movie. And the big question is Spoilers. Like, how similar are they? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'm actually a little afraid, to be honest, because I was like, what if this has spoilers for the show? I don't know. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, maybe. I, I heard it doesn't, but oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. Spoiler alert, listener. Stop listening now. Yeah, I, I don't know haven't. to what extent our listeners have. Um, we went we went a really far out of our way to have a no spoilers Star Wars episode when, the, when that episode uh, seven came out. Uh, but let's just let's just talk about Westworld, guys. Yeah, okay. I vote that we wait to talk specifics until after we watch the movie. I can get on board. With we that. talk in generals. You say that there's no spoilers in the movie, but I can tell you that there already is one. So that's all. I guess I can say more after. Uh, I've been and lied if we're to. Thinking of the same thing. It was like I sat there waiting in the TV show to see if this thing would happen, and then it did. Well, I think. I've seen the movie okay. a long, long time ago and don't have much memory of it. Has anybody else seen it? I remember we watched the trailer. Oh, yeah, I remember. And it was like the, the announcer guy was just like, Westworld. And then, hey, cowboys, Westworld. And like the, he just kept saying yeah. Westworld over and over. <laughs> this is, I think this was literally one of the first movies we talked about. Perhaps oh. the first movie we talked about doing for the podcast, but we never got around to it. Okay. And then the show finally came out and we were like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, we kind of missed <laughs> we that. We should book. do this. Has anybody read the book? No. I have oh. not. I've read a lot of Michael Crichton, and I think we as a group are generally Michael Crichton fans. Yeah, yeah. I know I am. Especially Ash worships Jurassic Park. Yes. Yeah. The best movie ever made, ever. Uh, and an <laughs> equally good book. He's a big yeah. fan of theme parks then, this yes. author. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are some interesting parallels there. Um, I was listening to another podcast where like, yeah, it's a... It's a theme park, and I bet it's going to fall apart, and people are going to die. And it's like, wow, there is a lot of similarities to yeah. Jurassic Park there. Maybe he really yeah. hated theme parks. I'm tired of bringing my fucking kids to Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> going to ruin that shit. But there is like a very existential theme to both of them. Yes, yeah. Like, well, it's an it's an interesting way to explore this idea of people thinking they can control science to the point where they can make it entertainment. Mm-hmm. I think it's just a really fun thing to explore. Yeah, that's definitely in all of his books. The, the you know, science, yeah. uh, lack of control over science. I know Sphere was like that. Um, yeah. And I'm just wondering if this feels sort of like a haunted house story like Jurassic Park did. Because that's definitely what the book of Jurassic Park feels like. You know, it's like hmm. a haunted house thing. You have to spend a night in a haunted house and see if you survive. I wonder if this is going to be the same. Hmm. Huh. Hmm. I think it is a little bit. I think so. Well, the interesting thing that I feel like the show deals with is, you know, Jurassic Park, I feel like is very much about man versus science and trying to control it. But Westworld, there is that element, but I feel like it's also more about like human nature because yeah. it's like morals and like, is it morally okay to do these things to these robots if these they're robots? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <clears throat> like it seems to sort of focus more on that. And if I'm not Jurassic mistaken- Park. Uh, Mix Nick's view on that was definitely yes. It's totally fine to do that. To oh robots. my god, <laughs> they're gonna yeah, come I, for you first. They're gonna I get know. you first. 
Maybe we should establish that. I'm I'm the person like I enjoyed a lot of the Westworld TV show. The acting was just mind blowing. But I do not invest for a second that robots have feelings and emotions. Oh my god, Data is I, a person. Data is not a person. <laughs> yes, this is he the is. We have. There this was is an where episode we... of Star Trek The Next Generation where an admiral comes in and says, Data is property, so we're going to disassemble and study him. Uh, and they had this whole trial to decide whether Data was a person or property. Yeah. And I'm on the side of property. No. It's a fucking robot. You're wrong. <laughs> You're so, so wrong. So for you, there's no such thing as a Turing test. You would just say like, nope, no matter what. Just like, I... Yeah, it's artificial. In fact, go back and watch season seven of Next Generation after the season six cliffhanger where lore and data are going to join with the Borg and kill everybody, having that fucking robot on that fucking ship as the second officer is the dumbest thing possible in season seven. <laughs> Maybe in he season just seven. tried to oh. kill all of you. Stop. They did the same thing with <laughs> Captain Picard, though. He was assimilated yeah. and then yeah. they trusted him. And, and uh, Next Gen had a really big problem with the data moment uh, where... I would say more than 70% of the plots were resolved only because data was there. That sh everyone on that yeah. ship would be dead like hundreds of times over, if not for data and his robot humanity saving yeah. everyone. It, especially humanity. Season seven. It's like everybody's dying <laughs> from radiation, except that guy. Everybody's lost their memory, except that guy. The it's door like, is closed, but data can open it. Data can open it. Exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Man, you guys, I'm starting to really think I should watch Star Trek. Oh, my God. It yes. It's oh. the best of TV. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's all on Netflix, too. They're, I know. The first two seasons require caution. We should talk about it. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, so I, I don't buy into the idea that robots have emotions, robots become self-aware. And that's a problem I have with Westworld. But the acting was some of the best acting I've ever seen. Because I, I they have, have feelings. Do you feel okay. the same way about animals? Like, do you think that cows have emotion and soul? Oof. You said two things there, emotion and soul. Absolutely, most most animals have emotion. I mean, look at a cat or a dog and you'll see emotion. I definitely think that animals have emotions, but I would say, you know, in, in a house fire, you can save the child or the dog. It's not even a question. So th there's certain levels there. Right? I don't know. I mean, dog, right? <laughs> you hate babies. See, That's not a fair can question. Can I just make yeah. another baby? You, yeah, right? You save like, the baby, but you leave the door open for the dog on your way out. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm not going to tie the dog down and then grab the baby. <laughs> like that's, Babies that's have evolved to, to love fire. You can only save your child if you throw your dog into the flames. <laughs> no, babies haven't evolved to have emotion yet or a soul. So, you know. Oh, right. They're fine. <laughs> Animals have emotions and tasty, tasty souls. Oh, my God. Uh, How did I marry you? <laughs> I think that's an interesting conversation for the show, but I don't think these issues are really going to come in too much for the movie. Oh, really? Um, I don't think so. I, f I feel like there was a line that we were about to draw there that I've completely lost. Too bad you're not a robot. You wouldn't have forgotten. Yeah. It's either not important or we'll come back to or it. Or he would have forgotten because he's programmed to. Oh. oh shit! Yeah, Nick, what does what does this photo look like to you? Doesn't look like anything yeah, to me. what does it? <laughs> uh, all right, so of course this movie was written and directed by Michael Crichton. Uh, mm. This was the first theatrical movie that he directed. Uh, he directed a TV movie called Pursuit, also based on one of his books. 
But Westworld was his big theater movie or his first theater movie. Um, Great Train Robbery was in 1979, uh, six years later. And I, I think that was the big one that most people remember, you know, as far as his film work goes. I've never seen that one. It's I, it's it's a pretty big one. It's but a it's film. Like one of no. those mid-70s ones that it's not on our radar right now. Uh-huh. Um, but I think he just kind of stopped the filmmaking side for a while and started letting other people uh, translate his books. Of course, Jurassic Park. One of my favorites is Andromeda Strain. Oh, yeah. Love that. I don't know if I've seen the movie, but I saw like a newer version of it that was very they good. They did a TV movie remake yeah. recently. That was good. Um, Rising Sun, Disclosure, Congo, Sphere. Lots of lots Congo of good Sphere. movies that we like. Congo is rough. Um, <laughs> um, I thought, okay, so was Sphere really rough? Because I remember that as like... A movie that I didn't ever want to watch again. I rewatched it recently and I was not very stoked on it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember loving the book and thinking the movie was a disappointment, but not that bad. I thought it was a pretty decent movie, but it didn't come close to the book. The cast is amazing, though. It's Dustin Hoffman, Samuel L. Jackson, and Sharon Stone. Oh, wow. That's a good cast. Samuel L. Jackson is everywhere. Uh, he's everywhere, and he deserves to be. But you want a shitty movie based on a Crichton book, The 13th Warrior? Hmm. Do you guys I don't even know that what that is. That was Antonio no. Banderas, Antonio Banderas, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. All I re- the only scene I remember from that movie was when he's sitting around the fire with the guys, and they're speaking another language, and he learns their language just by listening to them oh over that five-minute conversation. Oh, and they, like, so bad. they insult his mom, and then all of a sudden, he's able to like give a comeback just because he was listening for and a couple minutes. And the line minutes. was... How do you how'd you learn our language? And he's like, I listened. Like that yeah. was like fucking explanation. No, dude, no. 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 Yeah. What? If that was true, everyone in California would be able to speak Spanish. Yeah. yeah. And I can't. Yeah, there've been some some shitty Crichton movies. Wow. Oh. But there've been some really good ones. I You can't all be Jurassic Park. Yeah. No. I was such a huge fan of Timeline, the book. Because it set this idea that if you really traveled 500 years in the past, you wouldn't be able to breathe because the air would be different. Right. You're in England, but you don't really speak the same English that these people do. So you can't talk to anybody. Yeah. So then they make a movie. They go back in time. Everybody's fine. And they're talking to everybody around them perfectly fine. Mm. Like the whole point of the book was just washed away. So sometimes the books don't quite translate. Yeah. What did we watch the other day that had a, a huge... Oh, it was Star Trek. Star Trek Sorry. Voyager, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was so, last I night. I think you guys talk about Star Trek in every single episode. It's Listen, so good. Please this is, let this, me know. this reminds me of Star the, Trek. The best Star Trek <laughs> observation was the, the episode we just watched was the, the ship gets taken over and they strand everyone on a planet and take away all their technology and the communicators. And... Sam just looks at me and is like, hey, they don't have their communicators anymore. Like, they won't be able to talk to each other. Because they don't speak the same language. No one speaks oh, the same language on the ship. And they don't have the universal translators anymore. Oh. Yeah, that fucking universal translator is frustrating. Maybe they <laughs> had a TARDIS. Device. They have a more science-y TARDIS. It's yeah. a clip-on TARDIS. It's a clip-on, yeah, it's a little, yeah. Sorry, I just hit my mic like four times. Sorry, Brett. Anyway, yeah. Flaw, story flaw, one of the few. Come on, Star Trek, get with it. Could we also talk about the animatronic gorillas in Congo? Because like, man, like Jurassic Park does CG in 93 and they kill it. And then these guys make these animatronics in what, like maybe 95, 96? And they're just awful. Yeah. Congo was rough, but it did give me one lasting nightmare. 
the scene where there's like lava flows and the gorillas are just falling into the lava. Oh yeah. Disappearing in the little flash of fire was the scariest uh, thing I've seen on film. Yeah. <laughs> just that your life could be over instantly because you fell in lava. But I've, okay, now this is a morbid thought, but I've talked to some people about that and they said you don't die instantly when you oh, fall no. into lava. Kinda you don't. Uh, no, I went to the, um, in on the big island in Hawaii, they have a museum. And in the museum, they have this suit of this guy who fell in the lava. But he didn't and like fall all the way in. Right. He, in just, his like defense. his foot went in. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, <laughs> his foot just didn't disappear. Like it just sort of disintegrated part of the boot and like damaged his foot. But he survived. But I don't think he ever walked again. But yeah, they, they say that your Darth nerves Vader. last a lot longer than you expect them to. Oh my so, god! I don't want. I mean, that's a to I'm mix. sorry. That's a totally horrible thought. But like, <laughs> but but I, does it melt your brain so you can't worse? feel? Yeah, but your brain is in a skull, and the skull is the, the toughest thing you got. Your brain's gonna last the longest. So. No, not if it overheats. Okay, no, it's instant death, you guys. It's instant Go death. Gollum had a <laughs> you really don't feel bad a day. thing. Gollum, oh, Look, we are not advocating falling in lava. No, kids, <laughs> don't fall in lava. That's not the way to go. The small percentage of people <laughs> listening in Hawaii. No, there's like there's like one kid standing next to the lava and like listening to this at the same time and he's like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for warning me. So our stars here are uh Yul Brenner, uh James Brolin, Dick Van Patten, and Magel Barrett, speaking of Star Trek the Next Generation. Uh Gene Roddenberry's wife and voice of the computer. Is no shit. Movie. She's in Wait, this? voice of the computer. You didn't know. No, no, that? no. I know, okay. but is she gonna be? Is she a robot? Is she, maybe she's a robot? <gasps> I do oh, not remember. She's been, what she role did she that role forever. Movie. Yeah. So it's appropriate that we're talking about Star Trek. Is See? that the same lady that like died and they like recorded? They like are making her say something yes. for the so Star Trek for the new con? Star Trek series this year. They're resampling all of her computer dialogue from Next Generation. Crazy. And they're going to be using her voice for the computer in the new Star Trek show. And they're trying really hard to contrive scenarios in which they, she can say words that she's already said. There was something like, which was it, Siskel or Ebert? One of the two had throat surgery and lost the ability to e talk. Right. Ebert, Ebert, right? Yeah. But he had a voice synthesizer made with his own voice. So wow. he could type original text and it would use his synthesized voice. Wow. That's what these podcasts so, are going to be used for. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't talk nearly the enough. Well, that's what they're going to have to do with James Earl Jones, you know, when he's not around anymore for Darth Vader. Yeah, yeah. or Carrie Fisher. Right. Who's supposed to be in the third s sequel, but it can't be now. Well, they've wrapped... The second. The, oh, the third sequel. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I guess we're just going to have CG Carrie Fisher forever now. So this is one of Yul Brenner's last movies. Uh, he's most famous for, I think, The King and I and The Ten Commandments. Um, and he was also in Future World, the sequel to this movie. Um, oh, and Future World was his second to last movie. Was Future World uh, more popular than this movie? Because I feel like I've heard of Future World more. So. Okay. Really? I think Westworld is way more popular. <laughs> okay. Is that that one show with Planet Express and... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See, you guys you can't you can't talk about talking about Star Trek too much because I'm the one that's always talking about Futurama. <laughs> <laughs> um James Brolin was in a lot of westerns. Um but I think uh we probably know him best as the dad of Josh Brolin, who we saw in Goonies. 
and uh, The Country for Old Men. And Dick Van Patten is one of those uh, comedic actors from the 60s and 70s. Um, we actually saw him recently, and he was the Abbot in Robin Hood Men in Tights. Oh, hey, Abbot! I did yeah. not know that. He <laughs> also, also makes the... my dog food. What? What? <laughs> Wait, what? Dick Van Patten makes your dog food? <laughs> Excuse me. Well, he did. He just passed away. He he's oh. he used he created. Still, and what the owned... fuck are you talking about? Is that like Newman's own dog food? Yeah, no, no. Natural Balance. Dick Van Patten's Natural Balance. Another person that 2016 takes away. Yeah. 2016. And that was a rough last week. Yeah. It's like you had Carrie Fisher and then Debbie Reynolds the next day. Yeah. The saddest part about that is like the fact that her daughter's death was probably too much for her to handle and that's what killed her is so sad. Well, they lived right next to each other. Oh, Carrie Fisher bought a house. It makes it even yeah. better. And then she, like her house next door went up for sale. And she's like, mom, buy it. And then they lived like next door to each oh, other. Oh my God. I'm going to cry. All right. I'll see you later, guys. I'll be in the next room. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Westworld. What What are we expecting? Um, Ash, what are you expecting from a 1973 Westworld? <laughs> uh well, I can tell you what Bryce was expecting. He looked at me and he said, wasn't this movie shot in 1950? And I said, no. <laughs> but anyway, um, anything past like the 80s to Bryce was just ancient. The uh, are you thinking yeah. of Metropolis? That was way earlier. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe? I don't know. But um, I don't know what I'm expecting because we watched the trailer and it didn't look great. But it looked like it would be a fun, bad movie to watch. Um, but I I think part of the reason why I really love uh, Jurassic Park is I am also obsessed with theme parks. And I'm obsessed with the idea, not just theme parks, but like I'm obsessed with the idea of the behind the scenes of theme parks. Like I'm obsessed with the idea that there's all these like hidden tunnels in Disneyland where they like shuttle people out of Disneyland so that they don't legally die on Disneyland's presence. Like that's what fascinates me. So I think that's why. So the death part of theme parks. Yeah, the dark, the darkness under. The uh, Illuma Disney. Yeah. So that's what I like about the idea of this Western park with the robots and all that stuff. And so I think I think I'll enjoy it. But Bryce and I were talking about this earlier where it's like movies from the 70s have such a slower pace that that's the the factor for me that I'm I'm not sure if that'll be hard for me. Well, I'll just take that as a segue into my expectations. I, I don't really have much expectation. I have hope. I kind of hope it will be a slow burn 70s sci-fi. Okay. I really like slow burn 70s sci-fi. And based on Michael Crichton, you know, think Andromeda strain, I think this Mm -hmm. could be that. And I mean, the show, the HBO show has a very slow burn, in my opinion. I feel like the first two episodes, fucking nothing happens. Maybe a little too slow sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. But there's this, this, uh, this style of slow burn that was in the 60s and 70s, like... 2001 and Andromeda Strain that had a, an oh aesthetic God. that I liked. Oh, I hate that in 2001. I know everybody oh, loves 2001, yeah. but I, I can't stand that. <laughs> can't take like it. 20 minute shot of the ship like docking. I just, oh God. Yeah. Dude, we just saw it for the first time with John. Oh, really? Actually, uh, me for the first time anyway. 
uh, like on a big screen and it was phenomenal. Yeah, I've seen it a lot of times and that was my first time on a big screen and holy shit, it's a different movie. Yeah, that's oh, okay. and that's what I was told by a couple other people I talked to who just love Kubrick and they're like, if you watch 2001, it has to be on a it's big like screen. all about the grandeur of the shots. And it right. was phenomenal. It was like a religious experience watching that movie. Well, and the music too, because that movie was designed around the, the classical music on yeah. those long shots. And when you're listening to classical music on tiny speakers, it doesn't do it justice. You have to have mm -hmm. that big yeah. sound system because that it just is an incredible experience. Yeah. Yeah. So Probably this is also doesn't help that I got food poisoning while watching it. Uh, well, <laughs> no, like that would progressively feeling worse and worse as that slow shot was happening. I'm just feeling more and more not. <laughs> That's why Get I don't like point. Titanic. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I feel like, uh, as much as I am a quality snob, I don't like to endorse that. Like it's the only way to do things. But like having seen 2001 like that, I feel like if you ever get the opportunity to see it on the big screen, it's a must. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like the rest of the film. It's just that one shot like drives me crazy because <laughs> as a video editor, I'm just like cut to another angle, cut, cut to another <laughs> angle, cut to another <laughs> no. goddamn angle. Oh, my God. That's that what's so lovely in about 70 it. millimeter, right? Yeah. So it, yeah. it benefits from a big projector. Yeah. It also yeah, doesn't but... have like a linear narrative story either. You know, yeah. it's got three different acts, but each one is with different characters, you know? Anyway, anyway welcome Brett... to our Stanley Krubik podcast. <laughs> what do you expect, Brett? So I want the movie to be starring Anthony Hopkins as the younger Anthony Hopkins <laughs> in the prequel to the TV show Westworld. Uh, uh. But I'm not going to get that. <laughs> oh, sweetheart. Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> And so because I'm not going to get that, I already feel like I'm setting myself up for a little bit of disappointment. But uh, I don't know, like the the concept of the TV show was pretty great. The whole like sentient robots and and like, do we deserve not to be living this torturous zoo life? If if the movie's in any way similar, I think I'm really going to dig it. Robot zoo. Robot zoo. Yeah. But yeah. So uh, high hopes. Uh, but I may be disappointed because I really loved the show. All right, Sam, what do you expect? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm going in blind here. I haven't seen the trailer. I know nothing about it. It's 70s, so it could go either way. I feel like I either love or hate 70s stuff. There were some good 70s westerns, I felt, so maybe it'll work. All right, what are you thinking, John? I am also going in blind, but I just really hope that the robots actually look like robots. <laughs> and like, oh, you know, yeah. they actually, there's like, there's like a jawline or they look like a, like a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic or something like oh. that. Like, <laughs> that would be cool. That is the Westworld I would want to go to. <laughs> Hello. On the show, they're just, World. they're so realistic. Like you can't tell at all. It's just, it's wild. Like, well, you know, John, on the show, they're actually humans. <laughs> they're being played by humans. You know that, right? Wait, slow down. <laughs> I represent the latest technological developments. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so what do you expect, Bryce? So I've, I mean, I've seen the original uh, growing up as a kid. This seems to be a theme. I usually have seen the original, but never the sequel. Uh, you know, it's another good animated kids film. A uh, story of Fievel going to America. Yeah, I, I don't know. If it's anything like the first one, I think I'm going to like it. Good kids film, good for the family. All right. So we're going to rewatch Westworld, which we're going to have to rent through iTunes or Google. It's not available on Netflix. Oh. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> don't don't oh. be sad. Oh. 
Uh, so you might want to check out the original Westworld and join us when you're done. Have we got a vacation for you? You, 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 So we just rewatched Westworld, and let's address the elephant in the room. That movie took a lot from like everything that Michael Crichton's ever done. Yeah, you were right, John. It was very Jurassic Parky. Yeah, it did feel that way. I, I really wish- like it's the part when Super Mario jumped down the pipe into the underground level. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> do, 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 do. That was all I had, guys. <laughs> all right. So uh, thanks for listening to Let's Rewatch. We're going to do this every two. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice how this movie stole a lot from Chucky? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all all I could realize was that that's exactly where they got the Itchy and Scratchy Land episode of The Simpsons from. That's all I could think of. Yeah, I do love this idea of the unstoppable robot. It will never stop. It will always come after you. Even after it's broken and it's really not a threat anymore and it's kind of leaking battery acid and it's on fire and it keeps falling down the stairs, it'll keep coming for you. <laughs> I, like, Though apparently all he had to do was throw water on it. Yes. This whole time. Six cents yeah. it. That's all or not or six signs. cents. What was the other sign? Oh, yeah, yes. <laughs> Swing away, Meryl. Yeah, I really felt like this was a dry run for Jurassic Park. I feel like somebody read the book and then they're like, Well, what do you think about shouldn't there be another area with dinosaurs? And then Crichton's like, Huh. All right. Brilliant. <laughs> I'll steal this idea and make millions. Yeah. It just felt like he was kind of hitting all the same notes, but they weren't refined as refined as they were with Jurassic Park. Maybe Jurassic Park was originally the sequel to Westworld. Oh. Ooh. Dinosaur World. That would make it the best sequel of all time. Yeah, pretty much. Because I was saying uh, there's even, I don't know if you remember from the book, John, but there's even in the book, there's a scene where they're trapped in the control room with, uh, I believe, a velociraptor or something, or like a velociraptor's coming, but they're trapped. And so that kind of reminded me of the scene in the control room where they're all dying because the oxygen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I got now. Yeah, like and like- They're trying to get out. Whose fucking bullshit idea was it to make a room that was airtight, that you had computer-controlled doors that you couldn't fucking get out of and would kill you if the power went out? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And also your other huge thing that you noticed, Ash- Which one? That- his vision is based on movement. Yes, his vision yes. is based on movement. Yeah. Brett said that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that guy had like because... 12 lines of resolution for his vision. I know. Oh, yeah. And he... that was after they improved his vision. Exactly. That was the upgrade. <laughs> yeah. The resolution on my watch is so much better than his vision. <laughs> yeah, like my Commodore 64, you could at least see arms and legs. Like, the resolution on my flip phone like 10 years yeah. ago had better screen lines. Like, I don't know. How did they do that effect, though? The low-res pixel effect? Yeah, on film. My bet is that they actually had a CRT that they pointed a camera at. Mm. Or maybe even had, like, they pointed a camera at one-eighth of a CRT. Oh. And had the image scaled on that CRT. I know there was a, like, special effects 
credit in the credits. A sure. single special Wait, effects credit. Work. Yeah, just one. One, <laughs> one person one, doing special one effects. One special effect. <laughs> Though the reflective eyes was pretty cool. Yeah, that, that was cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Not only is it a cool effect, but I really enjoyed having some just super subtle thing that identified the robots. Yeah. You know, I guess we, it was the hand thing too. Yeah. We were talking about the difference between that and the TV show and how like in the TV show, they don't really have one specific thing that defines who's a host and who's like a guest. But you can tell by the way the people act, you know, like the guests are all in awe and they're not as in character. So, yeah, it's just it's interesting. Except well, for the main guy who's like, oh, what's up, burnt ass robot? I'm just going to calmly stand here while you almost attack me. Yeah, he was very calm through that. But I think there's, in the TV show, there's not like an identifying characteristic that you can see, but there's always like people are sort of running the Turing test every now and then. Like you just ask them a specific question That's and the true. way they respond, you know. Yeah, like it's a scripted line like, of dialogue. Well, and they have a yeah, safety like, word too. Hate. Like at any time you can say freeze all motor functions and you're okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. The yeah. guests can do or that? Or you just say like, seems like Or you just say cacao. Cacao. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd like to assume the guests can do it. Or you just say something like, uh, have you heard about the new iPhone? And they say, I don't know what that is. And then you know. <laughs> yeah. So, the, Ash, I think everything interesting were things that you noticed. Oh, cool. <laughs> James Brolin looked exactly like Christian Bale. Yes. So much like Christian Bale. Didn't he? I thought he looked like Christian Bale. I think. I mean, he... young Christian Bale. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wait. <laughs> Young. Which which one was he? Was he Mario or the other guy? The other guy. Luigi. He, Luigi. I, I thought he looked so, just like Josh Brolin. I, really? I would have known that was Josh Brolin's dad even if he hadn't said anything. I thought he looked like oh. Harrison Ford a little bit. Like, Yeah, I got, I got the Harrison Ford too. So just the most if handsome you, people ever. Get off my horse. Yeah. <laughs> if you skim back through it, then I bet you'll see Christian Bale. Because once she pointed it out, it was distracting. Yeah, I pointed it out really early on too. And it just... <laughs> It was like the thing. The which Christian time. Bale are we talking here? Newsies. Like American Psycho. Okay. Or not, I'm sorry. Is that the right one? American Psycho? Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, his hair was longer, but yeah. Yeah. But with long hair. I like, can see that. Little yeah. women. When he like smiled, he especially looked like Christian yeah. Bale. Yeah. He's got that smug mm-hmm. Bale confidence. But boy, how about his character arc? Huh? Oh, huh? yeah. <laughs> It was so well written. A beginning, a middle, an end. <laughs> yeah, this wasn't much for characters. It did kind of just turn into, weren't you saying, John, it was like a haunted house movie? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and it just yeah. degraded into that real quick. And wow. it wasn't really a piece for characters. No. John, two for two. <laughs> yeah. My God, knocking it out of the park. I wonder if the original like uh, conception of this film was a conversation that was like, how could you do a sword fight in a movie uh, where neither oh of the my fighters God. had any training and still have it make sense. <laughs> the worst <laughs> sword fight in history. Yeah. And halfway through, John pointed out, he's like, his sword is bent. And in the next <laughs> scene, it was like totally crooked. I mean, slow burn sci-fi and sword fights just don't work well together. Mm-hmm. I think we've learned. 
There was literally like a burn like, in this movie, and it was it was really fast. Yeah, <laughs> there was. Was no it because he twirled around like forty times, like he was dancing a goddamn like he just, ballet? He just touched the flame to him, and it was like woof. Yeah, but yeah. he yeah. burned for a long ass time, just twirling around. Was anybody else expecting a skeleton robot face after the acid to the face? That's the yeah. Terminator, and I was expecting more carnage there. Although that little bit of like melted flesh that fell down his shirt. Oh, that was that good. was a nice touch. Yeah. Cool. yeah, yeah. I liked the idea of the end of the film. Of like, I wish the whole film, and I guess that's Jurassic Park. But I wish the whole film was about the park. You know, it felt like it took too long to get to that, and I wish the whole film was about the park falling apart. And we saw more of him running around unsure of whether or not someone's human or robot and like trying to get out of there. I really like this point because that's kind of a critique of the TV show. Mm. Yeah. You know, spoilers for the TV show, but it takes the entire season to even get to the point where robots start killing people. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a slow burn, but I feel like there's more character development yes, going on. They fill so. a lot of time with character in this. Well, and that's I, what Brett yeah. and I were talking about too, is that the show and the movie are clearly asking two different questions. Yeah. Yes. Because the yeah. television show and, went full on consciousness question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And you guys were really into that idea before we watched the movie. And I kind of stopped myself from saying this movie is not about that at all. It mm. doesn't go into intelligence or self-awareness. It's just the disaster of them. They're going crazy. Shit's broken. Right. Which could still be interesting. You know, like that could still be really interesting. I just wish like, I wish it was almost like last man on earth, but last man alive in this crazy fucked up gone wrong amusement park. It was Kind of that, although but we only don't for know the how last... many other people survived. Yeah, but I'm saying like, I wish that was like the main, like the inciting yeah. incident of the movie was shit goes down and the yeah. rest of the film is him surviving, trying to get out of Westworld, you know? There's notes of brilliant stuff like that. Like at the end, the, the black the knight and the queen just oh. sitting in the throne. Yeah. Was almost really creepy. Yeah, exactly. I don't feel like that note really resonated, but the idea, I really like that idea. Or I liked the idea of him thinking that he's helping this girl, but she ends up being a robot. That was my favorite like, part. Yeah, totally. Like, yeah. there there could be a whole movie like that, you know? The whole had, film could that be that. If happened, like, so much earlier in the film, and then she was, like, his escape companion, and she turned out to be a robot, but, like, they just oh, did it all in one scene, yeah. and it was kind of a bummer. Well, yeah. it was just, it was, it had so much potential, obviously, that we've seen from the show, but it was so flat. Like, they didn't take it anywhere. Yeah. And all they did was talk. Like, it was all exposition mm-hmm. of like, they're robots, see, and their hands. Like, like it, it wasn't done in like a cool cinematic shot of like, and did, I, did I look away at yeah. the part where they showed how fucked up the robot's hands were? Or did we never actually no, see No, it's in the beginning when he it gives a the tip. Dinner scene. Yeah, basically oh, okay. their joints and their fingers oh. have like see, extra See, I didn't goo. see it either. It's, yeah, I, I didn't notice it either, but... Yeah. It was really quick to be such an important element. Yeah. Like, I, I went to get a candy bar and completely missed where he dropped his gun. Oh, yeah. You know, I there's just stuff that I... It's so easy to miss. It happens so fast. I just I feel like Jonah Nolan watched this movie and had all of the same ideas that we're talking about, mm-hmm. and it's like we could explore this and go much deeper. And 
you know, make a whole TV show about that. And yeah. that, that's kind of what I was going to say is like the, the show had, although they asked different questions, the show and the movie had the same when are the robots going to go bad theme. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is in, in the movie, they handled it by just like at the beginning, oh, the robots are fucked up. And then like when it finally happens, you're just like, oh, oops, like he's dead. Like it, that was obviously a weird thing that happened. But in the show, it was you knew it was going to happen, but it was all about when the the robots choose to har- harm people. Like it, mm-hmm. like the main question of of Westworld the series was not is Dolores going to kill someone because she fucking was. It was uh, her. It wasn't that she was she was incapable of killing someone. It's that she was you know her her emotions were like I'm not going to fucking kill anyone because I'm the good guy, and then she finally chooses to be the killer. And that was the the thing the whole season hinged on was when does she choose to kill? Well, and in the movie, I understood the gunslinger wanting to kill the main character because he obviously had a grudge or something. But they did they say why the rest of the robots all started killing everybody? No, they no. well they kind of went over it in that one scene about it being an infection. Right. They said just like the spreading. show. The show it, Bernard well, talks about a thing that's spreading. Up until the end, though, only the robots who are designed to be some sort of attack robot and the snake, too. Like, it's a right. snake is an attack yeah. creature. But, you know, like what happened in Rome world? Well, yeah, like what, all those other robots that aren't attack creatures. Why did they turn? <laughs> why did it get all Caligula? Well, <laughs> are we left to read between the lines and think that the gunslinger had that same crisis that uh, in the TV show, Tandy Newton, the 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 lady running the whorehouse, like that, that the gunslinger had the same con- same crisis that she had, but they just didn't show it on screen. Like she, he just kind of had enough of being treated that way. Maybe. And I, broke down. I feel like just in the seventies, people's understanding of computers was different than now anyways. Yes. And it was just this idea of like, Oh, a bit of code got messed up and now they're broken. That that was as yeah. far as it went. But it was more like yeah. a hardware thing, right? Because yeah. they didn't really yeah. even talk about coding. They were like, oh, her balance is off. I'm wiggling wires in her feet. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I changed the bunny antennas. Yeah. It's, where I was like, the idea of there being um, coders and people like developing behaviors is like not even fleshed out in this film yeah. you know yeah. they just that's just so far beyond like we don't know Do how the guys... robots work it's like fucking someone yeah. does <laughs> right that's a that's a real problem you guys <laughs> do you guys remember there i don't know what it's called there's this movie where basically a guy spills a bottle of wine on the keyboard and his computer becomes self-aware right that what? happens like, what that was the mentality in the 80s you wouldn't right. believe you how know, many times it's broken so you know, yeah. Well, we brought up war games too, where it's like in order to break into the Pentagon, you have to play like a game of hangman or whatever it was. Like, <laughs> like that's just the way they thought things worked back then. Yeah. Or like the movie Hackers, where they're hacking and it's just like the graphics, the the 3D representation of them gra- hacking is absolutely. That's another ridiculous. one I really don't remember. Oh man, we should watch it just to laugh I was, at that. I, like the, do you remember Masterminds? The no, the opening the sequence game. of that is uh, the the main character. Oh, plays the game! A fucking like haunted house video game, and if he chooses the right door to go in in the house, he hacked the system or something. Oh, what? Yeah, yeah that's pretty much how hacking worked in the like eighties movie mentality. Yeah. Everybody had this philosophy that the guy who built this software had built in a back door 
Yeah. Based on some game. Guys. And hackers, they're like flying around like a CG world, <laughs> like a CG buildings oh, and shit. Wow. And that's like the computer. Guys, was Ferris Bueller the only good hacker in the 80s? Because he hacked into he the hack? school system was... and changed his grades <laughs> with the Linux. Uh, <laughs> changed how many days he was I, I thought you meant yeah, also yeah, him in War Games, too, because that's Matthew Broderick. Is it? Yeah. Oh, my God. When he's like 18. That's funny. Oh, wow. I've never seen that. I guess that. Ferris Bueller was the most plausible one I could think of. Yeah. Yeah. I asked for a car. I got a computer. <laughs> My favorite is when hackers are going against each other in movies, and it's just like, who can type the fastest? I, yeah. I'm the one winning because I can type the fastest. Was that Swordfish where they were like, hack the system in a minute or I'm going to kill you? And he's like, the fuck? And like, just slams the keyboard with his fists, and then somehow it works. <laughs> I guess. Did this film seem like it was all ADR to anybody else? Because the sound effects and sometimes voices were a full second off for us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the audio like mix thing. was rough. The, there's after Ash pointed it out at the end when you know he's walking through the dungeon, the sound effect of the footsteps were just nowhere in near the neighborhood yeah. no, of where he's Yeah, that's true. Of the guy, the burnt guy, the robot, he was Both like them, walking slow. Mario. And the <laughs> <laughs> what was his actual name? I don't even remember. Maria. <laughs> <laughs> We don't know because we didn't care about any of the characters. I know. Yeah. Did you notice when that one guy said robots? Yes. yes. <laughs> we have no control over the robots. <laughs> I was so happy. Yeah. yeah, that tickled me. Did you notice when the music just turned into a doorstopper with reverb on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, somebody's just like twanging that Twang. doorstopper. Yeah. <laughs> Genius. Oh man. The sound just the sound design was so bad in this movie. There were times where it literally sounded like there was a vacuum, like someone was vacuuming in the other room, but it was the sound design. It was so bad. Also, the score was like the cheesiest western. Yes. Uh, Like it felt like city slickers. I was like, (laughs) come on. Yeah. The bar fight Benny Hill song. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about the TV show is the way they handled music. Like they'll yeah. take these modern songs and run them through that player piano. Yeah. Like I, I think they sat down and said, man, I just don't want twangy cowboy music. Yeah, I was talking- And they came with brilliant stuff. Totally. I was talking with Brett about the music in Westworld and it's all like modern songs in a sort of old timey way. I think to kind of remind the viewers like, this is not really in the past because if you it's mm. easy to like watch Westworld, the TV show and kind of get caught up in the westernness of it and start to think of it as the past. So it was like a yeah, if you know, instantly. I think that music solves a lot of problems. Yeah, I think it also punctuates uh, the beginning of a loop because I don't know if anyone else noticed, but the same when a loop starts over the same song plays. So through the player piano, through the player piano. So it punctuates and perhaps almost is the thing that gives the command to restart a loop. Mm. But if you watch the show and listen for it, because I think I think the music might even have a little more to do with it than just like I wouldn't be surprised because they're clearly putting some thought into the music. And there's always not only that, but 
at the beginning of every loop, there's always a close up of it, of the piano. Okay. Like, I think there's more importance to the music that we know right now. But yeah, I didn't drill down that far. I personally, I like the idea of the the modern songs through an old Western sort of flair. But to me, I always find it very distracting because I spend 10 minutes trying to figure out what song it is. <laughs> I'm like, I know the song. Yeah. What is the song? And I'm not paying attention to the show at all. <laughs> That's like every animated movie. I spend 10, 15 minutes trying to figure out who the actors are. Yes, the voice actors. Yeah. And then once you do, you're like, oh, shit. Well, now, see, now I now can I only like see I that person. I didn't notice enough because I didn't notice any modern songs out of there. Like, what were the modern no, songs? In the TV show. Yeah. In the TV oh, show, everything that they're played all... on the player piano was oh, yeah. a modern song. Yeah, my, yeah. Like, like what? Creep? My favorite was it's there was head. the uh, really yeah uh, when, when they got one of the one to into one of those fringe towns and there was like this crazy orgy scene. It was a Nine Inch Nails. Song. Oh yeah, I do remember. I that did, one. did not Just notice really any of that. There was a Nirvana yeah. song on there. Uh huh. I think <laughs> yeah. mine. A part of that is yeah. like. Uh, I think the reaction you had, Ash, is what they were going for. Though, is like the the hmm. the loop. This seems familiar, you know. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting oh. point. Huh. I'm curious to see. I'm trying to look up the songs. Westworld. So at, while you're doing that, as as we were watching it, I think, and I don't know if this was the right thing to do, but we're kind of making connections. Like, oh, this character in the movie is this character in the TV show. And so you clearly had the two guys rolling into town together. One had been there before. Yeah. One's his friend. Um, you had Magil Barrett running the the whorehouse, you know. So you had a lot who were the same characters. But I think it's interesting that Dolores is Yul Brenner, the gunslinger. Is right? it? Or Wouldn't is he like, connection? he's more the man in black to me. I don't know. The man in black is, he's a guest. Yeah. Like but when he's you talk also- about the... The robot that falls apart and starts killing people, that's that character. It's a good comparison. I think they just split it into two, honestly. Like the yeah. man in the they took the costume of the man in black and the villainness yeah. of it. Yeah. And the broken machine and separated them because they because this movie showed that they didn't belong in the same body. <laughs> yeah. Well, I feel like the man in black was just a, an entirely new concept. Oh he's, the show. he's very at least watching it. He very much felt like the villain. This because, ominous piece yeah. of shit that yeah, keeps showing Because up. the robot is the protagonist and you're worried for her yeah. safety from this yeah. villain. Well, I wasn't because robots aren't people. Oh, my God. <laughs> you're wrong. But there's definitely the, the presence of the black hat that I think that, that you know. What was your song those thing? Those two characters filled. Yeah. So the songs are Ain't No Grave by Johnny Cash. Something I Can Never, and then it's cut off. Yeah, Something I Can Never Have by Nine Inch Nails. That's okay. the one that I loved. A Forest. Oh, wait, no, that's the um, Fake Plastic Trees, Radiohead. Yeah. Motion Picture Soundtrack, Radiohead. Um, House of the Rising Sun, The Animals, which is the one that I've, yeah. it's been driving me crazy. I, I'm like, I know the song. Yeah. Um, and that's all I have. Yeah, it wasn't every episode. Yeah. It was just a bunch of them. It's, it's, there's specifically, I think it might be House of the Rising Sun is the one 
that plays at the beginning of every loop. I could be wrong. Okay. But because uh, it's House of the it. Rising Sun. Yeah. I don't know. But before we started <laughs> watching it, we were talking about spoilers. Like what you know, yeah. so I think yeah. if you if you didn't know anything about Westworld, the thing that would be spoiled for you is the fact that there's other worlds, which is the huge reveal at the end of season one. Yeah. Or that and, there's and going to be. They just led right with it from the very beginning of the movie. <laughs> yeah. That's a thing I was thinking about, too. Because as I was watching the TV show, I'm like, are there going to be other parks? Yeah. And then I just figured halfway through, I'm like, okay, well, no. They decided to simplify it. Just like Jurassic Park, the movie simplifies the plot of the book. I was like, okay, they just simplified it. And then it actually ends up to be, you know, the plot twist. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Of those three options... I was going to ask, which would you choose? It's definitely not Westworld. I know, right? That's some boring shit. I feel the same way. And am I the only one? I hope I'm not the only one. Like, the idea of shooting people and having sex with robots, not interested. <laughs> like, <laughs> I pretty I much would, said almost the same thing. I don't get the appeal. Yeah. I think maybe Roman world would be fun. Yeah. I'd rather That's do the medieval world. That's just a giant orgy. Yeah, medieval world. Yeah, I'm... Totally medieval world. And those two are definitely more interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. you learn I mean, to think about it. You sword fight? Yeah, you yeah. learn to sword fight. You totally. learn to like use a bow and arrow. You well, joust. Also, like, but I mean, apparently make... it's really easy though. You just like hit the other dude's shield over right. and over and again. And then your sword bends, <laughs> but they die anyways. But they yeah. make their own animals, <laughs> so of course they would make dragons. Oh, oh, oh shit. Holy I mean, shit. Fuck yeah. there's going to be a dragon fight in the medieval Westworld. Oh, my God. I want to go there. <laughs> okay, but is your answer still the same if you throw in Eastworld? Okay, so minutes, possibly seconds before they revealed Eastworld. Yes. I said out loud, like, does this premise only work with Westworld? Like, how would they, would the TV show be just horrifyingly racist if a bunch of white people went into Asia and started like raping and killing everyone and then Ooh. like how could they do Eastworld and then they walk into the next room and there's fucking samurais and I have no idea how they're going to handle that uh. <laughs> well they're not because yeah. it's over it's never going to come to fruition like I don't know I think it would be interesting if the next season starts us completely at square one in Eastworld and we build up <laughs> to that same point but I understand Westworld much more because you could throw me into Westworld and I could probably figure out how to ride a horse and maybe shoot a gun. Right. I am never going to be a samurai. I'm never going to be a ninja. Like, I'm just not going to develop not with that. Sure you can. Tom Cruise did. <laughs> what did you say? I said, sure you can. Tom Cruise did. Yeah. Oh, wait, wait. He was the last just, one. Uh, yeah. It's just far too much skill required to be a samurai. But or that's ninja. what I'd want to be out of all the yeah, options. Oh, it would be more fun for sure. I want to be a samurai. Although it occurred to me like when it happened in the movie, like I want to plan a jailbreak. Like I would be so on board with that little adventure. Oh, well, yeah. can we talk? What happened there? How did that just explode? <laughs> yeah, what blew I, up? What happened? I think we're left to believe that he put a stick of TNT in the cup of tea. Like, what? Of the world's tiniest? Piecing together the pieces that I saw, that's about all I can figure <laughs> they out. They made a big to-do about the teacup. But he ended up yeah. shooting the sheriff anyways. Why not just walk in there and kill the sheriff and get the guy out? Right? Totally. I was like, can't he just hand him a gun through the window? Yeah. 
Like the window just has bars. He could just hand a gun through there. I would have enjoyed planning something. Yeah, the explosion <laughs> I would have was fun. like five horses tied up to the window bars. <laughs> trying to pull it. Rip off that wall. Just destroy some horses. Leave them brigamorous on the ground. I was kind of disappointed <laughs> in Dick Van Patten. I like, know. Didn't do anything. He had, what, two lines? Was he just, that's what I was like, Was he, is he just the comedic relief of this film? And that's what I was hoping for. Like, great, he's the comic relief, but then he like, he's the sheriff, he has a problem opening the door to the jail, and that's the last we see of him. Yeah. Didn't someone shoot him? Yeah, I guess he did get shot, but like, he never really did anything funny except fumbling at the door of the jailhouse. No. He I guess it was kind of funny like, that he woke up with the prostitute. Like, I can't imagine he's an actual character in the book. You know, like, he felt like he was very much put in for the film. Like, somebody was like, we need we need drama and comedy. And he was a pretty big comedian at the time, and they just didn't use him. Maybe, maybe almost like there was more of his stuff that they shot, and then, like, the producers or whoever was like, this is, no, that we want it more serious, and they cut out all his jokes. Maybe he got paid. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> get that paper, Van Patten. <laughs> all right, so so let's get some final thoughts here, Sam. What what did you think of Westworld? Uh, well, through watching it, I said, "Wow, HBO had to have quite an imagination to see how this could become so awesome." I feel like we've watched a lot of other movies that have more potential to be more awesome than this. And I'm surprised at how cool Westworld became through HBO. Because mm. this was flat and pretty boring. Yeah, it's hard to imagine it's anyone seeing this movie and being like, yes, yeah. let's do that. I mean, yes, this is our next Game of Thrones. Yeah. Everything we have into this. Yeah, I mean, more power to HBO because that's, I mean, they did a great job. But it, I can't decide if it was just like there was potential there and they just wrote it so poorly or if HBO like made a glorious, beautiful mountain out of a molehill. Like, <laughs> Well, that's the interesting question, right? Because the dude who wrote the book also wrote the screenplay. So like, is the book better than the screenplay? And is he just not good at translating that sort of thing into I a screenplay? I don't know. Because who wrote the screenplay for Jurassic Park? Was that because Spielberg um, directed it, it, right? So, right, it, it wasn't Kep? Crichton, his, though. Yeah, I think it was David Kep. Yeah, I, I feel like maybe Crichton realized he wasn't cut out to direct films. Yeah, and just because it's completely off of different. Like I've written both, both book form writing and screenplay writing, and it's very different because in a book you can say the character felt this way or the character thought this thing, and you can give so much more depth into the character that way while in screenwriting it's all show they have to either say it or do it yeah and you you can't rely on saying john suddenly felt sick you know or yeah. whatever that's, you have to show it <laughs> yeah it's totally Let's true voiceover narration yeah in art school they made us um draw out a scene with only using basic shapes and you had to convey like a random emotion that you drew out of a hat. And oh, so you had like the robot vision you had to draw. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, so it'd be like anger and then you'd have to like draw anger with like shapes. And it mm -hmm. is, it's all like 
you can convey just as much as words with visualization, but it's so much harder because, yeah, I mean, not that writing isn't difficult, but it's like you got to people react to visuals differently. So you have to find something so universal that it reads. So, yeah, I mean, it's kind of goes back to your point of Nick, your point of why would you read a play and not see it? Because a play is even more the perfect example of like you you don't even have screen direction like you just it's just dialogue yeah i i don't need i don't think you need to drive too far that point like yeah writing for a book and screen is so different yeah and definitely i know i think we'll agree that Crichton is one of the best novelists out there and like clearly he's a great writer of books Mm-hmm. but maybe he realized this just really isn't my jam. Yeah. I mean, he he is a good writer. I think I think he kind of struggles with character a little bit in his even in his novels. Yeah. His strength is the research, the science. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I was and trying to read the sequel to Jurassic Park and it's just fucking boring because again, I don't give a shit about any okay, of the characters. Okay. <laughs> Even so. the characters in Jurassic Park, as great as that book is, I mean, yeah, there's Alan, still Alan kinda... Grant like likes kids in that in that book. You know, he he's down to hang out with the kids. He doesn't have a a thing to overcome. And it was genius yeah. that, for them in the movie to be like, mm, how about he doesn't like kids since he's going to have to be stuck with them. <laughs> totally. Yeah. How about we give him a character arc? Right. So he yeah. has this reversal moment. He's not have just perfect this, to begin with. Thing? Huh? Yeah. People change? Like, what? I like the only person in Westworld who had in the this movie that we just saw that had a character arc was I guess mustache guy, Mario, who oh my god, he even had the mustache. It just hit me. But, <laughs> oh, that was the whole gag. <laughs> but uh but like he had a slight character arc in the very beginning where he was like, Well, I I don't know, I'm a little nervous. Like, what should I do? And then instantly he's over it. Like yeah. that. I mean, I like he, that moment where he's like, this place is really fun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> fucking five-year-old. He picks the first fight, too. Like, in the bar. Yeah. Yeah. For no reason. Well, I and mean, his buddy kind of pushed him into it. Yeah, Christian yeah. Bale told him to. Ah, oh, Christian. Yeah. Get your shit together. So, on on your point, Sam, is is this movie, you or is is the TV show unique as a good remake? Um, because a lot of times you do a remake and it falls flat. Interesting. Now, yeah, a- Adam's Family comes to mind, yeah. which was remade through several generations and stayed pretty good. Huh. I was gonna say, is that yeah. the secret to remakes? Is start with something pretty shitty, so there's only upward to go. I think so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Maybe. All right. No risks. So who's gonna remake Legend? <laughs> How dare you? Let's just not ever <laughs> rewatch it again. No, I did. I, I agree, actually. Okay. <laughs> so what'd you think, Brett? Well, um, I really just wasn't super into this movie. Um, <laughs> the, having seen the much, much, much better TV show, we've kind of hit all of the points. Is like there were there were hints of much better plots in the movie, and the TV show found them and made them. Uh, better and so I can't I can't endorse watching this film ever again uh, <laughs> uh, but but the show god I'm happy that somebody went back and remade it yeah me too yeah 
with with Anthony Hopkins. With Anthony fucking Hopkins. And and so Tandy Newton doing the work of her career. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's yeah. always been phenomenal though. She's amazing. I don't think the the questions the show asks anyone could make until now though. Cause I don't think we've hit that point with technology. Yeah, in seventy three where they're like, what if computers became intelligent? Yeah. Like I don't think they ever put had that this together. concept of like, wait, what if well, they were really like humans? It's it's a little bit of the uh like the pop culture sci fi horror thing. It's whatever is the the hot button topic is the, yeah. the scary thing. And in That's yeah, true. in the seventies it, it wasn't even like what if computers became smart? It was just like there's computers what everywhere. Why are there computers everywhere? <laughs> and like yeah. now nowadays we actually have, you know, everyone's got a fucking robot on their phone answering questions. Uh, and th- th- the logical next quest, uh, the next step is like, if you could have a conversation with this thing, like how, how long until we can consider it alive? And that's what the Westworld show is about. It's just, yeah. it's just how long culture. until we fall in love with it. Yeah. So are you saying that the film is the fear mongering of don't let technology get too advanced? The, the film and the show. True. It's, it's just it, everything. Uh, it's cur- it's just making current events scary. But the thing about yeah. the show is that the danger was not that they made the robots too powerful. The danger is that they abused the robots and their rights. Because the That's the true. robots have rights or robots. I yeah. mean, you could argue uh, on on the uh, the evil Nick side of the argument that their f- error was making the robots too sentient. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's just make them a little bit dumber and then none of this will happen. Yeah, but I, that's not why they they don't revolt because they're sentient. They revolt because they're mistreated. Well, yeah, because I, I feel like 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 we said, the show and the t- and the show and the movie are asking two different questions. And in the seventies with technology as it was, you were more afraid of like, Oh, I hope this, like, you know, I hope my tractor doesn't malfunction. I hope this candy dispenser doesn't crush my hand. If I try to reach in for candy, it was like mechanical things. Yeah. But with the show, they brought in that line of these violent, you know, delights have violent ends. And it was all about, uh, humans wanting violence. And it was focused more on the humans and how they eventually became the villains and in a lot of ways, it might have been an analog to, you know, gun violence today. Um, the fact that a lot mm-hmm. of Americans seem to want to go back to the Wild West nowadays. So it almost seems more timely, I feel like, nowadays. So maybe it just yeah. wasn't right in the 70s. Maybe it was waiting for now. Huh. Well, the thing that the show always reminded me of is a video game. It's like yeah. the real life version of a video game. Yeah. And that sort of that sort of mentality, you know, like... Like, for example, there's a scene in this movie where there's a dead dog on a table and Nick went, oh, somebody shot a dog. But I was just talking to a friend of mine who played uh, Watch Dogs 2 and went around shooting a bunch of dogs. And it's like, that's just that's just sort of a a video game. (laughs) It is a psychopath. But it's like, you know, sort of this video game culture that that I feel like the show maybe is commenting on too. I don't know. That's that's funny that you mentioned the video games thing because I totally had that thought about uh, the the man in black in this was uh, the reminiscent of the early 2000s like shooter video games where they couldn't afford to oh, have yeah. enough different characters. And so this you would just walk into a room and keep killing <laughs> the same guy over and over in every room. Yeah. <laughs> so are we not left in this movie with sort of the same theme of you you went on a mission to enjoy the the violence, mm. and this is what happened. You reaped. That's true. Real violence. Yeah, 
I get yeah, that. I guess so. Walking out of this theater in 73, I feel like you kind of get the same point. That's true. That's it true. just didn't have the emotional depth and weight that the show yeah. does because we just didn't care about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. But that's true. You know, the, it was shocking to find out that girl was a robot and it's shocking to find out Bernard's a robot, mm-hmm. but we care more with so Bernard. and These yeah. violent delights that yeah. Mario was seeking had violent ends. You know, Mario, if you just stop killing those owls, <laughs> mushroom. Stop stepping on turtles. Turtles. <laughs> so my general feeling, I, I think this probably is a good example of the point of our podcast. Because I think in a world of 1973, this would have been a very enjoyable light horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now that we've seen these ideas more fleshed out and we're more accustomed to a modern way of telling stories, it feels flat. But in 73, I think this was probably a very good, fairly haunting movie. Yeah. And I think Yul Brenner did a good job of being a very creepy robot that people would have been afraid of. Like with his hands on his belt all the time? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and and you're pointing out his, you can't quite place his ethnicity. Yeah. And he's completely bald. Yeah. He just kind of looks artificial. He does. Yeah. So, Ash, what are your final thoughts? Um, okay, so I know this isn't this this is a weird review, but because I actually remember the trailer so vividly, I had even lower expectations of this film. So it actually was better than I expected, but it's still not a great film. <laughs> so like I was kind of surprised that like there were things about it that I enjoyed that I found interesting and were a little bit better than I thought, but for the most part, it's just like we've already said, like I think I think it's f- major fatal flaw is that there's no character development or character arcs, really. So I wouldn't recommend it, but I think if you're I think if you're a huge fan of the show, it's an interesting thing to watch. Yeah, it was an interesting exercise from that lens. Yeah. Any final thoughts, John? Um I, I feel like you need to have seen this movie before you watch the show. Otherwise, it's just ruined. I totally agree. Because, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if I hadn't seen the show already and I watched this, I would think it was a charming half horror movie from the 70s. And I like those movies. You know, like I, I love charming. Maximum Overdrive. So charming. You know, that kind of stuff. Um, but having seen the show first and then you watch this, it, it, it only scratches the surface. And obviously they were just trying to do so much in two hours that you just couldn't do. Uh, so even though I respect it and I think it was a good effort, yeah, just you got to see this before the show because the show is just so much more advanced. I will say I do like how this the the movie addresses the big question that I've had through the whole uh, series is how do the guns not shoot normal people? Yeah, Because oh, yeah. they don't address that. And so I appreciated finally getting an answer. Yeah, that always bugged me. The show threw like a weird wrench in it, though, because the guns did shoot people and it did just like shot paintballs or some shit like it bruised them. Yeah, well, that's what was confusing about the show. And I mentioned to these guys while we're watching it is like in the first couple episodes, the robots try to shoot the man in black and they kind of like the bullets kind of matrix around him. But then later in the show, they he actually gets hit and it just like leaves a bruise like he was wearing a bulletproof vest, basically. Mm-hmm. So why the discrepancy? Was that intentional? Was that a change over time? Like, I'm 
I just generally find the science of the show so difficult to buy into. Yeah. Like, if yeah. possible, the stuff would be so expensive, it would never be practical. 42K well, a day? Also, if the robot punches you, that's not going to, you know, yeah. just be a bruise or something. Or if it stabs you, you know, like if you're in Samurai World and they use the sword, that's not going to, totally. you know, be like, well, oh, they're warm. Episode? Don't stab them. Yeah. Like, towards <laughs> the end when the one guy got stabbed by the militia guys. Yeah. And it's like, you're not supposed to be able to stab me. So that was that was kind of a moment where it was it was incorporated into the breakdown. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I think if I'm remembering right. But it's but then the bi- but the bigger question that I have that stems off of that that neither the show or the movie answered is how does another human not shoot or stab another human? Yeah. Because if you can't tell the fucking difference, at least in the movie, you can like, there's something to tell the difference. But in the show, it's like, how do you know? Yeah, like in that Looney Tunes bar fight, like how are they to know they weren't just savagely beating another guest? pushing another guest off the balcony or whatever. Yeah, or like, you know, the the breaking of the bottles. Like how how do you not cut someone up super bad? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could all be... I guess you could say it's prop glass because you can do that with prop glass because it's sugar glass. Yeah. And you won't like, you can still get cut, but it's not as bad. But I mean, that's a lot of sugar glass. Yeah. They were also beating the shit out of each other. Yeah, exactly. Also, like, sure, the TV show part cost, what, $30,000 a day or whatever. But it's possible to do more damage than that. Like, yeah. What a, have they never had like a serial arsonist come into the park? Right. <laughs> totally. I mean, well, there's got to be fire safety stuff. But then again, the like um, if you go around lighting fires intentionally in Westworld, is the park going to stop you? Well, how well, did there that was the fire? Time, yeah. There's the time where he's like trying to get out of the jail and then they cut back to the control room and the lady's like, I have a request for pyrotechnics and section whatever. Ah. And I was like, wait, what? Like, how yeah. does that even work? And then, but when um, Maeve and the, the snake dude, they like catch right. their wagon on fire. So why was that yeah. allowed to happen? Like, I don't know. And how did they put that fire out? So many questions. Westworld yeah, I don't know that questions. Westworld really stands up to scrutiny. <laughs> Let's just enjoy some of the best acting on TV and not try and analyze the science. Yeah. So what would you think, Bryce? It was better than Lady Hawk. Burn! <laughs> yeah. uh, really? Really? You, you liked it better than Lady Hawk? I could watch this one. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he, Bryce didn't leave. <laughs> That's true. You did leave during Lady Hawk. This one did feel a lot shorter. I think it may have been like an. It was an hour and a half. I don't remember what Lady Hawk was. Too long. I don't know. It was a lot of hawking. So, John, where are we going to find your stuff? I'm sure we can search for Charming Cheetah on YouTube. Uh, do you have a Twitter or anything like that? Yeah, uh, it's all just under Charming Cheetah. Um, I think our email is charmingcheetahcomedy at gmail.com. And uh, okay. yeah, check it out. We got some videos up on YouTube, and we're going to try to do one a month uh, here in 2017. Ambitious. Yeah. It's a lot of work, man. I respect Ambitious. that. It's hard, though. 
<laughs> it's very hard. I, I did do a web series when we first got to LA, uh, me and my writing partner, David Hill, who's also in this oh, yeah. uh, sketch group, Charming Cheetah. We did a web series and we had an episode every Tuesday and we did that for like a year and a half. Wow. And wow. How long? Nuts. How long was each episode? Oh, they, they would be like a minute to five minutes. Um, okay. So really short. But yeah, I remember, yeah. you know, basically the first two years just staying up till three o'clock in the morning on Monday night. Just everything that could go wrong does go wrong. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did when it, we man. first started, we were trying to do one a month, but we were doing like really ambitious, like, let's do a music video. And it was lots just unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of. Yeah. I, I feel yeah, like a lot of like people s- don't even realize that even the really simple, short YouTube videos, it still takes time and effort no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And you got to go to work and have a job and do yeah. everything that people <laughs> and do eat with that, their lives. What is it? Food? Yes. Food. Yeah. Yes. Make money. So thanks for rewatching uh, Westworld with us. Uh, we do this every two weeks. If you like the show, this is part of the Laugh Stash TV network of content. Uh, it's this podcast and a YouTube channel, uh, Laugh Stash TV, where we've got a drinking show with me and Ash, a cooking show, uh, and some video game parodies. And occasionally other things. Yes, other things. Time permitting. You can also follow us on Twitter. So you can follow LaughStash at LaughStash TV, or you can follow this podcast at Let's Rewatch on Twitter as well. And um, the LaughStash content on YouTube is LaughStash TV as well. But uh, if you follow, our podcast on Twitter, you get to do fun stuff like guessing the movie. So every time we watch a movie, I tweet a screen grab. And this time was very hard because it was totally the fucked up robot vision, all pixelated. But uh, I two, think it's an awesome choice for a picture. Yeah. <laughs> but two people got it right. Nice. Rogue Bu- uh, Brundle got it right. And Ellie Phillips. So good job, guys. Ellie was actually first. Woo. I'll give you extra points. And Rogue was uh, second and gave me this amazing gif of the dude with the his face melting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What were the fault wrong guesses? Oh, somebody guessed Dances with Wolves. Mary Jo Smith guessed what? Dances with Wolves. I don't know. I haven't seen Dances with Wolves. <laughs> I don't so. think there's any pixelated point of view show. There's a lot know. of robots in Dances with Wolves. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Who Those are the wolves, right? With the you can't wolves. teach wolves. Kevin Costner's acting. Hello. I'll see myself Wolves and out. robots mate for life. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Is that it? Is that all uh, my Samsung? things? Samsung? Yeah. Oh. And if you like the show, please go ahead and give us a review on iTunes or Google Play Music. Is that right? Yeah, that's all we're pushing. <laughs> Bam! We're really good at podcasting, John. This we're is also, fun. And we're also on Stitcher and uh, another network that I can never remember the name Sick. of, and we've never pitched it. So it's out there. Go find it. And since we are on Google Play Music, if you have a Google Home, you can say, Hey, Google, play the podcast Let's Rewatch, and Ooh. it totally works. But remember, Ooh. it's not real. It doesn't have emotions. No, it does not. So don't fall in love with it. It's not a she. It's an it. I say thank you to my Google, because when that shit comes alive, I want to oh, be on oh, its good side. Oh, you know why I say please and thank you, because I don't want to die in the robot rebellion. Yes. You know it. <laughs> yes. Dumb. True story. Whatever. Cool. Well, thanks a lot for joining us, John. 
Thank you for having me. This was fun. And we'll see you again in another two weeks. Make sure your subscriptions are up to date for the next episode of Let's Rewatch. Yeah, next time we're going to be watching Excessive Force 2, Force on Force. Like Some of that hot Force on Force action. Like Star Wars Force Daddy Force? Is that legal now? <laughs> oh.